When I was a teenager, there was a phrase that was really popular. Somebody would say something that uh, uh, may, may be a little surprising or we weren't sure if they were kidding or not. And so somebody would say something and our response would be, for real? Or if we said something and we wanted our audience to know that, that we were really telling the truth, you know, uh, like normally we may not, but right now we're really telling the truth, then we'd say, so-and-so happened for real. This morning, I want us to think together about free, for real, because I suspect that most of us think of freedom in Christ as something kind of poetic or maybe theological instead of really experiencing freedom. To help us with that, I want us to look at what Jesus himself said about freedom for real. So if you look with me, we're in John chapter 8, and I want to begin at verse 31. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed him, so remember his audience is disciples. These are followers. These are, these are believers. The Jews who had believed him. And he says to these people, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? Because um, a disciple is a learner, a follower. In order to be someone's disciple, you have to kind of buy into their worldview and what they're teaching. And then you live out what you're learning from that great teacher. So he says to these who are believers, he says, now, if you want to not only be a believer, but if you really want to be a disciple, for real, here's how you do it. If you abide in my word. What does that mean? To abide means to hang out. Means to live. You say you live at your house, we say you abide at your home. That's where we, where we live. And so he says, if you really want to be one of my disciples, how do you do it? You live here. And what that means is we're going to spend some time reading and communicating with God here. But it also means that once I've seen the ink on the page, well, then I'm going to live out what the ink taught me. To abide in his word is to live according to the things he says. That's what a real disciple is. A real disciple is not defined by someone who goes to church or someone who pays a tithe or someone who... Uh, who, who Praise at night, necessarily. It's not about our activity as much as it is about our lives. 
You want to be a disciple of Christ? Live in his word. Read it, learn it, study it, memorize it, and live it out. And so he says, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to show you, first of all, this morning, the source of real freedom. He, he tells us where we find freedom, where we find real freedom. He says, if you really want to be one of my disciples, then you live in and live out my word. When you live in and you live out my word, then you'll know the truth. If I had to pick the top 10 verses that are most quoted and most misunderstood, misunderstood, that's a real word. If I had to make a list of the top 10 verses that are most often misquoted and misunderstood, this verse would be on that list of the top 10. Because you will hear so many times, often in, in secular settings, people will say, tell the truth because the truth will set you free. Now, that is true, but it's not what this verse is saying. That, that's a good proverb by which to live. But that's not what the verse meant. He says, if you want to be one of my disciples, here's how you do it. You live in and you live out the word of God. Then when you do that, you're going to discover the truth about life. You're going to discover who you really are. And you're going to discover who God really is. And you're going to discover how all of that works together. Who you are, who God is, and how life works together. If we follow the author of life, we're going to learn the truth about life. All right? So if you're going to be my disciple, you got to live in and live out the word. When you do that, you're going to find the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It, 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 it's not just tell the truth so you can have a, a good conscience. No, it's follow Christ, living in his word, living his word out in your, in, in your everyday life. When you do that, you're going to learn the truth about life. And when you learn the truth, all of a sudden you realize I'm free from all that baggage that was holding me back. I'm free from the misunderstandings about who I am and who God is. I'm free from bad theology and bad ideology and, and, and I'm free from having to try to please everyone around me because I know my goal is to please the one who is my leader. I'm the disciple of the one. It sets me free from all kinds of stuff. The source of real freedom is connecting with the author of freedom in such a way that I more fully understand life, I find truth. And in that truth, I am free. 
the source of real freedom. In Luke chapter 4 at verse 18, Jesus used Isaiah to point out to the people why he had come. You, you remember the, the story. He goes to the temple. They, they pull out the, the scroll of Isaiah. He opens it up. He reads it and he says, that's me. And this is what he read. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Jesus came to bring freedom. Freedom from bad thinking. Freedom from sin that controls us. Freedom from confusion. He has come to set us free. What, what do you need to, to be freed from today? You need to be free from your past Every day you get up knowing that you can't change your past and yet you still fret over it and worry about it and drag it around with you, behind you. You need to be free from your past. You need to be free of a habit. That, that habit that controls you instead of you controlling it. If it controls you, you're not free, right? Right? You need to be free from having to keep up a reputation or appearances or, or trying to pretend that you're more than you really are. Jesus says, look, man, if you'll, just, if you'll just follow me, learn from me, live my life, then you find the truth about what life is really all about. And when you know the truth of what life is really all about, you're free from all the stuff. Go to the source of freedom. And in order to help us understand why we want to go to the source of freedom, let me show you next the need for real freedom. Because Jesus addresses that as well. As we continue in the text, he says, or the people answered. Now, I believe what's happening here is there's a group in front of him. He was addressing the Jews who believed in him. But in that group, there are also Jews who are not yet there. They're not believing in him, not his disciples yet. And these folks speak up in verse 33. They answered him, we are Abraham's offspring. For them, that was a great claim to fame, and it should have been. We are Abraham's offspring. What does that mean? It means we are God's chosen people. God chose Abraham, told Abraham, I'm going to build a nation from you, buddy, and that nation's going to be my people. So they are right in their claim, hey, we are, we are Abraham's offspring. But then look what it says. And have never yet been enslaved to anyone. For real? Do you remember reading the same Old Testament I read? 
Because it seemed to me God's people were in Egypt for like 400 years. You remember that? They had to make bricks out of mud and, and grass. And they were slaves. Seemed to me, if I remember correctly, the top ten tribes were taken off into slavery in Assyria. The bottom two tribes were taken off into slavery in Babylon. But you see how truth and freedom go together? If I'm not free, then truth doesn't really have much power in my life. And these people are not free. They are bound by a law and by their own rules. Religion has, has choked them out. So much so that without freedom, they don't care that much about the truth. And so they start all, hey, we've never been slaves to anybody. Who are you talking about, Jesus? What do you mean we're slaves? We're not slaves. We've never been slaves. And I know Jesus just scratched his head. Oh, my goodness. SMH, right? <laughs> wow, for real. The Jews said to him, now we know. Oh, wait, where am I? That's a good one over yonder, but it's the wrong column. They answered him, we are Abraham's offspring and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you shall become free? They're lying to themselves. They're saying, I'm already free. And folks, that's, that's the danger. I'm already free. And because you think you're already free, you don't recognize your need for freedom. Therefore, you don't care about the truth, which is the way to find the freedom. So it's my job to ask you this morning, when you say you're free, are you for real? Or do you just think you're free? Are you a disciple, a follower, a learner of Jesus Christ? Do you live in his word and then do you live out his word? Because if that's not you, you're not free. Just like they did, it's too easy for us to say, hey, I've never been a slave, I'm free. Are you? Come on, let's think. Make sure. 34, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. Why? Because sin convinced you to do something. Sin convinced you to sin. If someone can convince you to do something, you're not free. So Jesus comes and he says, look, you want a real freedom? I'll show you what real freedom is. Follow me. You'll find truth. And truth, then you find freedom. But until then, sin is still going to have control over you. If it didn't have control over you, you wouldn't do it. I've told you before, and you probably remember when I was a little kid, I went to uh, day camp at, at Baylor. And 
they had a, they had a swimming pool, indoor swimming pool, and uh, two diving boards, short diving board for kids like me, and a great big old tall diving board way up there. And I was scared of that big diving board. Because I was so scared, I would never go up there. Now, if there's some place I won't ever go, am I free? My fear kept me from being free. Till one day I decided, okay, I'm going to try. And I started up that ladder. This diving board is so high, it takes about 30 minutes to climb the ladder. <laughs> and I got to the top and I said, oh my goodness, this is not going to work for John. So I turned around, I started back down the ladder and that lifeguard blew his whistle. He said, no, you don't ever climb down the ladder. If you go up, there's only one way to get down. And I said, oh my, are you for real? <laughs> and I, I went out to the edge over here. Now, since it took me 30 minutes to climb the ladder, and since I tried to turn around and come down, and then I finally inched out to the, all this time, there's a long line of the brave kids ready to go on the high dive. And they're saying, Crowder, go. And I'm looking down and about four miles below me is the water. <sighs> but I had no choice. And I finally jumped. And to this day, 142 years later, to this day, I remember when I finally came up out of the water and gasped for air, the entire pool, everybody in that big room was clapping for me. <laughs> now, let's be honest, some of them were clapping because I finally got out of the way. <laughs> but beloved, this is what I want you to understand. When we are... When we're controlled by our past or our fear or our sin or our habit, then we're not able to accomplish great things. We are not free. But if we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, if we learn of Him, we learn from Him, we live in His Word, we live His Word out in our lives, then what that does is it helps us understand the truth. The truth is, it doesn't really take 30 minutes to climb the ladder. The board is not really that high. The water is really not that hard. You really are going to be okay, and you can do this. And what you find is when you live in that freedom, there is re reason for great rejoicing. Everybody around you may not applaud every time you walk out the front door, but there is reason for rejoicing when we live in freedom. Let me ask you, as we get ready to celebrate independence, are you free? 
for real? That takes me to the last thing I want to share with you from what Jesus said that day. That we need to look at the assurance of real freedom. The assurance of real freedom. As we continue in our story, in our text, we're at verse 35. Jesus teaches us, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. In other words, the slave and the son don't have the same standing in the house. The slave is just a slave. He's not part of the family. There's no inheritance for him. He may stay a while and he may be, he may be gone tomorrow either by his choice or our choice, whatever. But the son, the child, is always a part of the family. Home is always home for the child. There's a difference between the, the child, the son, and the, and the slave. And he wanted to make that very clear. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever if, therefore, the Son shall make you free. You shall be free. What's the word? Indeed. If I were translating from the Greek this morning, when I read what Jesus said in the last part of verse 36, if I were translating it, if therefore the Son shall free you, you shall be free for real. Indeed. You see, if he did it, it can't be messed up. If he sets us free his way, then we know it's the real deal. I think the problem is, is not that, that, that we haven't found freedom for some of us believers, some of us disciples, it, it, it's not that we're not free, it's that we don't know we're free. Have you read or heard stories about the, 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 the goldfish, that you keep a goldfish in a bowl for a long time, he'll swim around in that circle? And then you've heard you take that same goldfish and you put him in a big pond, you know what he does? He swims in that same circle like he was still in the bowl. It's just what he's just gotten used to. That's his habit. That's his life. That's what he knows. Brothers and sisters, believers, disciples, there is every possibility, every, every reality for that matter, that we have a, an immense, an immense experience of freedom out there that we're missing. We're still living our little lives that we understand, that we see, that we know, instead of experiencing the joy and the freedom that Jesus came to bring. He said, if, I, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. That means that we're no longer bound by a bunch of rules and regulations. That means that you are not bound by making sure everybody around you sees how cool you are or that they know how smart you are. 
you're free from all of that. That means that when you come to worship, you're not thinking about what the person on the other end of the pew is going to think of you if you sing too loud. Because when you come to worship, all you're thinking about is worshiping God. That's freedom. And if God says stand, you stand. If He says sit, you sit. That's freedom. And did you know, can I, can I tell you a secret? It's even okay to clap in church. Did you know the Bible tells us to clap our hands? When there's a song that moves us, it is okay to clap to music. The Bible told us to. Clap your, it even says everybody, clap your hands, all you people. And then it says something very unbaptist. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody's going home today. You hear that preacher turning us into Pentecostals? <laughs> no. But I am saying, folks, let's just relax and be free. Our freedom was bought for us, paid by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it is he who says, if the sun sets you free, you are free for real. 